Hello, this is Autumn Miles, back with the Autumn Miles Show every day, 2 o'clock. It's a party up in here. I am so glad that you are joining us today. We have such an awesome show, an awesome week. An awesome week, right, guys? I'm looking at my producers here in the studio. Uh, We are talking to pastors all across the U.S. of A., and they are sharing just their perspective on um, on churches. You know, sometimes I I think the the first day I called it pastors uncensored a little bit because these are these are issues uh, that we have talked about uh, that I don't think the actual regular church attending folk know about. And, um, you know, from a pastor's perspective, you know, it's it's amazing just to sort of hear what the different parts of the country and the different uh, pastors have come up with challenges to their churches. But then also, we don't just want to leave you with a challenge. We want to, to be a solution. Okay. This is the challenge. What is this? How can we help this issue? We've talked about uh, social media as a distraction. We've talked about, um, you know, the showiness of some churches. It's all about the show and it's not about the, um, relationship and people don't want that anymore. Um, so it's, it's, it's been such an enlightening week and we are rolling in, um, uh, day three of this week. Uh, we are going to, um, have a pastor, uh, on the show from Forest Hills, New York or Queen. Um, as I've heard here in the studio. But before we introduce him, we want you to check out our YouTube channel. A lot of you guys watch this and, um, you know, you, you watch the shows and you subscribe and, you know, all that kind of thing. And we, we absolutely love that. But we don't do this for no reason. I mean, this takes a lot of work to put on a daily show. Anyone in radio is going amen out there. Uh, it's a lot of work. There's a lot of prep. There's a lot of prayer. You know, we're not a secular show. We're not just talking about, you know, the latest in pop culture here and who wore what and who just got engaged. You know, we're not about that. We're about preaching uh, the word of God boldly, bold truth, raw faith. We want to engage our culture. And that takes God speaking to us about what our culture needs. So we have prayed through um, this week, just like we do um, every 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 week that we produce the show. But um, check us out on YouTube. Autumn Miles is the channel. Um, click on it. There's a lot of things on there. I do these selfie videos that people watch. And, um, you know, I'm just glad that they watch them. Sometimes I'm like, what in the world did I just say there? But God bless selfie videos. Uh, they're on there as well. But also the show, you know, without further um announcement um we're going to continue our party uh in the studio today with pastor robert racoma he is the lead pastor um at city reach church in forest hills new york and we are going to talk to him uh today how are you doing pastor robert I'm doing really well. Thank you so much autumn for having me on the show. I'm really excited. So grateful that people like you are just helping pastors from all over the country get their congregations to understand the challenges that we're facing. So thank you so much for doing this entire week, and thank you for asking me to share my perspective, my little perspective. So thank you so much for that, and I'm excited. Well, I think you got a big perspective. I, um, I, I, we, we have said this whole week and, and I, I didn't do this. You know, we, we are about honoring our pastors. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I think it is such an incredible thing, um, and a bold, courageous thing, um, for, for a man, a woman to take, um, to take a, a church and to really, um, teach 
shepherd uh, a flock of people after the ways of the Lord. So uh, we do want to take this minute and forgive me for not doing that before I I, uh, introduced you, but we want to honor our pastors today. Um, Send an email, send a text message, tag them on Facebook. I love this. I love this pastor. Um, We want to honor, honor, honor the people that lead uh, the church um, no matter where you go. So with that, uh, we are, we are honoring you today, Robert. Now you, you, you are a pastor in Queens, is that right? Yeah, Queens, and right in the heart of New York City. Um, so yeah, I've been there doing ministry in the city of New York for just about 17 years. And then wow. about a little over a year ago, we launched out our brand new church called City Reach Church, uh, right there in the Forest Hill section of Queens. So Wow. Yeah, that's where we're at. So you, you've you done ministry for 17 years, is that right? Tell me a little bit about your sort of road to launching City Reach Church. Yes, yeah, so um, about 17 years ago, I got out of the military and was just kind of lost. I didn't know where God wanted me. didn't really have a relationship uh, to kind of have now where I would discuss with God what uh, or where I needed to go. And so then I got connected to a the local church here in New York City, and I served with them um, as their youth pastor. I served with them as their uh, associate pastor. And then about five years ago, uh, I came across this idea of what it would mean to um, take a group of people, gather them together to launch out a healthy, life-giving church in different neighborhoods. And I've, you know, ever since I moved up to New York City, I loved the city, and I loved the diversity of this city, and I just loved um, being able to preach the gospel here uh, to the people of New York City. And um, I worked uh, at a private Christian school in the borough of Queens uh, for about five years, and I was the student body pastor there and began to fall in love with the section of Queens. Hmm. And that's why we ended up planting the church um, in Forest Hills, Queens, because during my five years of, of being a student body pastor, I was able to interact with students and parents, and I saw this disconnection with the local church, and I began to create deep-rooted relationships with um, the children. And any parent knows that when you begin to make an impact on their children, you have an automatic open door of at least reaching them with the gospel because they've seen what you've done with their child. And so that's how that began to work. And so through those deep-rooted relationships, we started to gather a small group of people, and we started doing Bible studies and community outreaches, and then we saw it grow, and we said, you know, there's got to be something more that this group of people um, can do, and so we started to gather around one of our core values of thinking large or, you know, thinking big and then starting small. You can't do everything, but you can do something, and that began to build, and here we are a year and a half later, um, and God is just continuing to bless and grow the church to Amen. where we're at today. So we're really excited about what God is doing and what God is going to continue to do with our church. So so you've been in the ministry and you've sort of done a lot of different positions. And I, and I think we see this a lot in lead pastors and, and senior pastors, kind of sort of whatever whatever your church calls it. Um, you know, they sort of start off somewhere and then you're the youth pastor, maybe you're the singles guy, maybe you're the young adults, yeah. you know, whatever. And then uh, you sort of work your way into the position of uh, launching yeah. your own church. 
church or then taking over a church that that exists. Um, right. it's, so you have a lot of different perspectives on the church because of your many years in ministry. One of the things that you said while you were talking, and I, and I jotted this down, is because I, I think this is very important. Talk to me, and you probably don't didn't even really know that you even said this. You said that you wanted to produce or to plant a life-giving church. What does life-giving mean to you? Um, so, yeah, in perspective of that and thinking about launching a life-giving church, it comes in many forms, and it looks differently for different communities. And the community that we're in, um, giving life to somebody could be helping them through a very tough time in their marriage and just helping them see that God um, can infuse life into that marriage. And so that gives them life. Or maybe in our community... Um, there are some wayward children, and so hmm. we speak into the lives of a single mom or a dad who's struggling how to be a good father, because maybe he didn't have that example, and we begin to teach him biblical principles, not just on Sunday mornings, but maybe in our men's group or in our, reach, uh, our different small group settings, and they begin to see that the momentary transformation that takes place when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior becomes this process of journey, you know, the, the, the journey along the way, and there are little bits of highs and little bits of lows. And so life-giving is not just a, a momentary thing, or at least that's what we don't believe it to be, but mm-hmm. it's this giving life to the journey that you're going to be taking with Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. And it's, it's a lifetime. And so for us to watch, um, you know, one of the greatest stories of our church, and it happened at the very early onset, was we had one of our ladies that had uh, started to come to the the Bible study, she came up to me and she said, you know, I want to find a place where my entire family will, will come to church. My husband loves the Lord. Uh, my children know who God is, but we're just not together in the same church. And she says, I think this could be a good start for us, but my husband doesn't want to come to church just yet. And I said, okay. So we began to pray. We began to work things out and, uh, you know, how, how we were going to launch the church, and we just continued to pray for her. Not only did her husband come to church, the first time he came to church, he was so amazed at um, just, just the relaxation and just being able to worship God. Not only did he come to church, but he was the first person we actually baptized in water mm-hmm. um, when we did our first baptism wow, last year. Wow, that's cool. And now he's served on our team. He's one of our one of our point people in our setup and break count team. And so when you look at that, that's what life-giving means. When mm-hmm. somebody can really tangibly see that when they ask God for something, they wait and they pray and they wait upon the Lord, and God begins to work things out. And now their entire family, from the husband to their children, come and participate in church every and- Sunday. And that's, that's, a, that's what it means to be life-giving. That's beautiful. And and I think uh, church has sort of gotten a bad rap um, for those that are unchurched. There are some right. churches that are that um, that aren't life-giving. We'll just put it that way. You know, that, that right. sort of, um, there's a lot of rules. There's a lot of judgment. There's a mm. lot of hate. There's a lot of, um, oh. you know, just negativity. And we know that, that Jesus is life. He came to bring life and to bring it more abundantly. So right. we know that if a church is walking in the spirit of God, there is going to be an element of refreshment there that right. does bring life um, uh, uh, in your soul. Okay. Amen. 
Yeah. So um, I want I want to talk to you. You have a really good perspective. And um, let me just tell you, Robert, we, we talked to uh, several churches so far. They have all had different perspectives on this and yours is different from theirs. It's very Ooh. interesting how each body of Christ um, is sort of dealing with different things. But really, mm-hmm. we know that this is prevalent in the big C church across um, the world, really. Uh, when you look at your church uh, today, what, what do you what do you see as the biggest threat to your church? Yeah, so my church personally, and uh, just churches in general, would be division within the body of Christ. I think it's the biggest threat um, against the local body when, you know, it's hard to partner with the church down the street because maybe that pastor has a territorial issue, or maybe one of their members had just had a bad experience, or just decided it was time to move on, and they ended up finding their way to my church, and he finds out, and then he thinks that I'm stealing sheep, or however, whatever phrase you want oh, to the use. Oh, the stealing sheep. Or just, <laughs> I've heard yeah, that so many times. Stealing. Right? Just, D- define know, and, that Define that for our listeners, because that's kind of a churchy term. Uh, what does stealing sheep mean? Yeah, so in, in, in churchy terms, it means when a pastor or members of the church begin to seek out other congregants of other members and say, hey, maybe your church isn't doing this right. Why don't you come check out our church when they're active members in another church? Hmm. And that that is not Christ-like. So divisive. That is not what we should be doing. We should be going across the street. Because some, in some places, you have churches right across the street that neither pastor has ever even met. They don't even work together, but it's about going across that street and saying, what are you doing that we can send people over to help promote what God is doing in this house, in this mm-hmm. church, and not worry about whether your church is growing, because it's not your church, right? And so mm-hmm. it's not just even that on that bigger scale, but just even within the body of believers, I see division. Um, people are getting offended, um, leaving the church, getting offended, not coming back to church. Um, A lot of people are offended are these days. It, it's just division, that would be my 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 answer is the greatest threat I believe to the local church right now is division within the body. And let's talk about that. Uh, uh, a lot of people are offended these days. Um, mm-hmm. They're offended because, you know, you looked at me weird or you didn't pray a certain right. way. I mean, it's ridiculous. The music's too loud. Um, you know, you didn't wear a tie. You, you know, you, my kid can't eat goldfish <laughs> in the, I mean, it's ridiculous right. how people are offended. Let's speak to that in our churches. I think that's a unique perspective we haven't heard yet. Um, why, why so much offense happening and what can we do to fix it? Yeah, so... Just, I'll just speak for myself, and I'll speak for uh, some of the things that uh, I have seen, is that people equate their opinion with their personality, meaning that if I have an opinion and you don't agree with it, now I'm offended because I'm taking it personal, mm-hmm. when you're just disagreeing with my opinion. And I think if, if you have a different perspective and I have a different perspective, um, we can actually have a conversation and still walk away and be united and be friends, because at the end of the day, it's not about whether or not we agree on our opinions, but it is about, you know, seeing people's lives change and get transformed throughout that. And so I think in in our world today, just not just in local church, but in society as in general, uh, we see that problem of, mm-hmm. of, you know, people saying something um, and then other people being offended. And because people assume so much that if you say one thing, you're automatically against something else. Right. Um, and, and that's just not true. And it's beginning to seep into the body of Christ, where if I say, um, you know, one 
thing, somebody might assume that I'm automatically saying, if you do this other thing, then you're, you're being unbiblical mm-hmm. and that has nothing to do with it. I, um, I love this. Okay. This is, I feel like this is super, super good. Um, division offense. Jesus came to unify. Okay. Um, he, he, he is the, he is the one where we, we are all equal at the foot of the cross. We, uh, he he is the great unifier. If there is a lot of division happening, I have to, I have to look and say, where's Jesus and all of this, because the spirit of God is what breaks us. It's what challenges us. It, what it's, what moves us towards better relationship with men. And if the spirit of God is lacking and there's a lot of division controversy, offense um i mean i think let's just say it we need to check ourselves you know are we walking in the spirit are we walking in what autumn miles wants you know um so good go ahead so yeah i mean i think you speak to it eloquently um jesus i mean if there's anything that we're going to model our life after it's got to be the words of jesus yes says it perfectly. You know, he says, make sure that you uh, check your own eyes and make sure you don't have any laws before you check the splinters in everybody else's eyes. And I think we lack doing that because we know that there are things within our own personal lives that do not make God happy and oftentimes grieve the Holy Spirit. And the way to kind of ease our own guilt is by bringing to light other people's faults so that yeah. ours don't look so big, mm-hmm. um, or people don't look deep into our lives if they're so concentrated on other people. And so I think one of the action steps we always try to um, say at our church is to dig deep. Mm-hmm. What is God really saying to you? Not your husband sitting next to you, not your yes. daughter sitting next to you. What is God telling you to be? Is God telling you to be a better wife, or to be a better husband, to be a better parent? Because... That's the only way that things are going to truly change is if we personally begin to remove the logs out of our own eyes mm-hmm. and become more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. It um, starts with us. So I think that's the biggest action step to helping division within the body of Christ. It starts with us, right? And I think that's one of the things that you yeah. told my producer. Uh, it starts within your own self. You know, mm-hmm. it's not about them. It's about me. How do I right. need to change? And once they maybe see the change that the spirit of God has made in me. Maybe they, they, it will challenge them and they'll change as well. Uh, let's talk right. about this issue of division slash unity. You know, one of the things we do on my staff is um, we celebrate the differences. I don't mm-hmm. look at them as a, a negative thing. Everyone on my team couldn't be more different. Okay. Right. Uh, and, and I would not want everyone to be cut from the same cloth. My goodness, how boring mm-hmm. would that be? I love, I I am a fan of diversity. I'm telling you to my very core. I love that. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at my producer over here. She is so different from me. But what sh- <laughs> what I lack, she has. I've got oh. another another gal sitting to my left. You know, couldn't be more different from me. But what I lack, she has. And I think our right. our perspective needs to be rather than beating people because they don't agree with you. How can they? challenge you and help you because of what they have and you lack. That's right. the spirit of unity uh, that can sort of come alive in our churches when we learn to appreciate Amen. the differences, not tear each other apart because of them, right? Right. Amen to that. Like, I, I, I'm with you. I'm preaching with you. I'm shouting amen on this side of it. Right. Because when I first came to Jesus, just like when you first came to Jesus, I never asked Jesus. I, maybe, maybe some of your listeners are different. But everybody I've ever come in talk, contact with, every time they go meet Jesus for the first time, they never ask Jesus to change anybody else. 
They always say, Jesus changed my heart, Lord. Such a good point. search me. But then over the years, we become so religious within our uh, relationship with God, we turn from asking God to change us, then we turn around and say, Lord, you need to change our communities. You need to change. And He does, yes, I understand that, but we we lack the internal um, mirror in our own lives, and we move away from that, and we start just focusing on... What, yeah, I, I'm 100%. This is great. I love diversity. I love diversity. I God made too. us each different. And uh, what I lack, somebody else is strong in, is what somebody else lacks in. I'm strong in, and when we come together, we can truly be the body We're of powerful. We unify. We're powerful. We're very powerful mm-hmm. together when we when we appreciate that. Okay, so we've talked a lot about uh, you know this challenge of diversity. I want to um, I, I want to to just let's just talk to our, our church people out there um, as a whole. What are some things um, you know if if we find ourselves thinking, man, oh, they're kind of stepping on my toes today. I mm-hmm. I am offended at the goldfish in the nursery. You you know, why aren't they giving cookies or, or gluten-free pretzels? Yeah. <laughs> I just made right. that up. I don't know where that came from. Uh, but, you know, the offense is like crazy. If if someone is saying, man, I am finding my, and I don't want to be, I, I really do believe that our, our, our um, uh, the believers out there, they want to be, they want to aid in the, in the uh, furtherance of the gospel. They don't want to take away. And sometimes mm-hmm. it takes shows like this to say, listen, if you are a part of this, you're part of the problem, not the solution. And you probably don't even know it. You might not right. even know it. We are educating you today. So let's talk right. to those people. We love you out there if you're offended over the goldfish. But this is what you do <laughs> in order to move, help our pastors and move this movement forward of the gospel. What can we do? What can we do, Robert? So, yeah, there's two ways that you look at it. And, you know, every pastor out there um, who's listening um, has, has had to deal with um, somebody who's been offended by the minor things in the church. But James, you know, the Bible tells us very clearly that it, we do need to overlook some of the offenses and just move on. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of those things. Like, if, you're, if you've got a legitimate reason why, you know, goldfish shouldn't be in there or whatever, I mean, there's a biblical way of handling it. You mm-hmm. know, go and talk to the people that are doing this and, you know, try to come to some reconciliation. At the end of the day, it's about reconciling what's going on. But first, you have to say, you know, is this really worth the relationship? Yes. And if it's not, just just move on. Mm-hmm. But then there's the other sense of it, and I think this pulls in the pastor of the church. And, you know, if it's just too much for you to handle, move on. Mm. Just find a, a, another body that you don't, you know, that's not going to offend you at every turn. And then as a pastor, I have to be able to step back and say, okay, if you just, if this is not home for you, let me help you find home for you, because even if this isn't the place for you, I still want you to find a life-giving church. I still want your family to be, you know, together, and I want you to, I want to see you in heaven one day. We might be neighbors. Why leave on a bad note? So there's two ways I think you can handle it. Either, you know, look at the offense and say, you know what, it's not that big. It's not worth the relationship. I'm going to move on from here and continue to be faithful to the house. Mm -hmm. But if it's just too much, if the offense is too hard and you just can't, then just 
you're going to have to find another place to, to worship God. That's just so interesting. And just say, forget it and blame the church for it. That's so interesting that that's your perspective as a pastor. Um, I, I honestly love that perspective. You know, if something has happened, maybe in the leadership in there, we don't want, we don't certainly right. don't want to minimalize uh, people right. that have been severely hurt. I'm one of those people. I was kicked out of a church, you know, uh, so, wow. I, so I, I've sort of been there. However, uh, it was the spirit of God that, that healed me from that severe right. offense. So some of, you know, I, I, I joke with goldfish, but there are much deeper issues going on. Right. And I love that you as a pastor are saying, listen, my church might not be for you. It's right. not this where I'm following after the vision that God has given me. If you're, you know, complaining and or you just can't get behind me as a leader or yeah. the vision that God has given me, it is OK to find right. another place to worship. That's and, so powerful. And I'll help you find that place. Yes. because I care about you. I so care good. about you. I don't care that it's my church. I, you know, it's not performance. Right. It, it's not about perfection. It's not about church attendance. Um, you know, so if you're not attending my church, the greater sin I think falls on my shoulders if I just allow you to walk away without trying to care for you, because at some point in your life, you allowed me to shepherd you. Yeah. So let me continue to take you to the other field so that you can continue to feed and become healthy, that if my church isn't that home for you, I'm okay with that, because we're diverse. And so if, if the body of believers is diverse, the church itself is going to be diverse, mm-hmm. and not every style of worship or every style of preaching or every ch- uh, you know kids program or youth program or whatever that church might have, they might not be providing for your spiritual health. Maybe the preacher is, is not preaching at the depth you need, or maybe he's preaching too deep. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of—there's thousands of reasons why people leave and find another church, and that's okay as long as they're leaving on good terms— mm-hmm. And they're leaving for the right reasons rather than just being offended and just saying, you know what, forget it. I'm going to blame the church and I'm just not going back to church. Because as if you're a new church planner out there, you're going to get some of that coming to your new church because everybody's seeking for that new, oh, this is new, this is going to be different. Because that's what we say as church planners. Our church is different. Right. And that's why we're opening it up because we're, you know, we don't want to be, uh, you know, do things the way we used to. We're doing it differently. So we send out that hope and then people come there and then the, the same offenses are happening again. Well, I love it. This is a great perspective. I'm going to have to stop you just uh, because of time. But but uh, okay. that that is such an amazing um, perspective. And I see your pastor's heart in that. Let me help you. Let me help you find a place that is right. going to work for you. Thank you so much, right. uh, Robert, for uh, from City Reach Church in Forest Hill, New York. What a blessing it is to talk to you today. Really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much. All right. And thank you out there for listening. I'll see you tomorrow right back here on the Automile Show.